Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. Welcome back inside Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast. Back to our roots today on the show. Um, I'm excited about this because we, we haven't had an opportunity to really discuss A versus B, um, you know, that we've done in the in the early beginnings, which is like moons ago, I guess, at this point. Um, but one of the, the categories we're going to talk about today is a category that we've actually talked about, I think, extensively in the past. And one's, one category is, um, I guess, I, I don't necessarily call it new, but I think it's becoming more popularized by bigger brands playing in that space. And uh, Josh Shaw is probably an, uh, an avid user of both. Josh Shaw is a CBD user for all his joint and uh, his joint pain from being so old. And because he's so old, he's taking these beauty products. And by beauty products, I mean this Nutri-Cosmetic products is what you, what you call it. And I think what the category is called are this dietary supplement, this pill, this cap, this powder that is meant to help you age appropriately, whether it be collagen, whether it be something like uh, a lot of new has what is theirs uh, balance I believe is theirs yeah. and then um, you know Ghost has Ghost Glow and I think a lot of brands are looking at that now and saying like hey look at the popularity of Lonnie New look at the popularity of Ghost Glow like maybe we should play there because I think people might be coming around to it so it's an interesting conversation because I think the one that's been I would say it's been proven because it's carried everywhere is CBD even though I don't necessarily believe in it myself and I don't know your stance on that but it's still being sold like crazy. Yeah, I think it was a, I mean, in terms of pairing these two trends together, I thought it was kind of interesting to do because I think with CBD, you know, the grand vision of it is nowhere near to like where it is today. Um, and true because of that, I think it's, it matches up pretty well with the Nutri Cosmetics because that one is probably from a market size is probably a little bit ahead of it. Um, but I don't know if the market potential has the same you know, kind of top, it, it might, because I think it's morphing so many times and it's moving into so many different directions that like these two trends, and we're not saying that one is arguably like, you know, if this is a winner takes all, like we're not saying that obviously there's both of these could be played in together and, and they're great trends. But we used to, when we started this podcast, we had um, just some of those things, we'd pair things to go like a battle of these two things. And I thought these two would be pretty interesting because they are quite different, but they are, off the beaten path from what we normally talk about. Obviously, we talk about pre-workouts and proteins and protein bars and drinks and, you know, that kind of stuff. But we don't tend to talk about more of like the female, I guess, subset of consumers. Not to say that right. all Nutri-Cosmetics, it could be men could take it as well, but it's usually at this point predominantly females. Um, and then the CBD is probably more towards like overall wellness than it would be considered like a performance ingredient. So I thought these would be kind of interesting to play in because it, it takes us a little bit outside of our normal focus on the podcast mm -hmm. and gets us to think about, you know, where could this all go? Um, I think there's some things with market and retailing and things that seem to be kind of forming this path that might make sense. Um, and hopefully we can kind of like help clear some of that smoke and people could see it. They're both drastically different, I think, too. I mean, yeah, we, you, you kind of touched on that, but let's, let's take CBD first, right? I think, I think in both these categories, there's still a massive misunderstanding of what they are or maybe not enough knowledge around them. Like, people hear CBD, they think marijuana. You know, I think that's traditionally, in, and then it calls into question, okay, does it have THC? Well, no, but now is CBD legal? Is it not legal? Can I sell it? Can I put it in drinks? I mean, there's all these questions around it, but every sports nutrition store you go into, even I went into one today, and there was just a big sign that says CBD sold here, right? That's, but, I, you know, my mother, who is 
Christ, she's 70 years old now. She takes CBD, and I asked her why. You know, She says, well, I heard it's supposed to, right? That's, I think that's a lot of people's understanding of CBD. I heard it's supposed to. You, you heard it's supposed to do what? It's supposed to alleviate pain? Okay, yes, I've heard that too. If you, if, is there research behind it? It, it? There's some, I think. But, you know, it's interesting because even when you talk to, you know, people give it to their pets. Like I think, I think that's the interesting thing about CBD is, is the market for CBD is larger than it would be for Nutricosmetics in terms of what your demographic. Your demographic can be people. It can be animals. Um, you know, it can be – CBD can also be used like in lotions and in shampoos. I mean there's so many different uses of CBD. But I remember almost a year ago we, we talked about CBD maybe being the next big trend, and I think we've just been waiting and waiting, and it's been – maybe COVID is a big reason why we haven't had more conversation about it. But it really hasn't – maybe maybe it has, but I haven't seen it grow to what – wasn't the numbers like multi-billion dollar industry? Like it was supposed to be, what number did you toss out a year ago? It was huge. Ooh, it was, I think it was close to like 40 billion yeah. over the next, yeah, five or six years. And to your point, I think COVID affected it, but I think it's hit it in two different ways. One that's probably unexpected because of COVID, a lot of like the governmental offices started to kind of like wean out in mm -hmm. terms of um, just some of them were working from home. Some of them couldn't do their normal jobs, you know, and some of those things hurt the regulatory process. So yeah. like CBD is still not in the like legality standpoint. It's not legal from a federal level to sell as a, as a dietary supplement, even though the, um, the actual enforcement of it is, is super low. So you don't really have to worry about it. But if you're thinking about this as like, can retailers at the most largest level carry and can see and CB, uh, CPG brands put this in like food additives or, or beverage additives to the level in which we expect it to be. You can't because they haven't, that domino hasn't fell yet. That, you know, that one hasn't dropped and we have to get that through. And that was partly because of COVID because the people in the FDA weren't working probably on as a big of a uh, bandwidth as they usually had. I think I saw recently that they have been adding a ton of resources to the FDA now um, and are trying to get caught up. And I think they've in a few states, they've, they've added some extra language in terms of CBD. So they're trying to get that going. And I think that that's you know, super important because that's probably what's holding all of this up. But the, on the opposite side with COVID, you had a lot of the like brick and mortar stores that stopped adding new merchandise or taking risks on merchandise because of COVID right. and because of the, you know, just simplification of their business. And a lot of that moved online, which has always been the biggest channel for CBD. So it kind of worked in their favor in terms of the market, but it didn't give you those like huge sales channels where people are maybe just like stumbling along and they're in a certain section and they see CBD and they've heard CBD and they trial it. Like you're not getting those people that are just doing that because of COVID. So I think it hit it in two directions. Um, but there's other things going on probably with, with CBD. But I think that to your point, COVID did do a lot of things to CBD specifically. I always find it interesting because CBD, the three-layer acronym, is seen differently than hemp, and, and it should, right? There's hemp lotions, which are completely legal, and then CBD is kind of like this misunderstood stepchild or stepbrother to, to hemp. And, you know, you said that CPG companies – let's let's be real. CPG companies are trialing CBD in products. I think Pepsi or, or something like big, big CBD – they're, they're either trademarking names, they're R&Ding with it. It just hasn't been for sale. I think maybe the – 
the biggest brand that we know that we work work we don't work with, but that we talk about is, is Bang, right? They use Conoblast in their Stoked, which is technically a CBD, right? Like I believe it's technically a CBD. It's a hemp oil. I believe the website calls it a CBD. I don't fully understand it, so if I'm wrong, correct me, Josh, or listeners can correct me. But there's a big marijuana leaf right on the can, and uh, you know, and, and but that's not to like throw them under the bus because there is a cereal from Nature's Path made from hemp that also has a hemp leaf. Nature's Path is a children's brand of cereal that has a hemp leaf on it. So, uh, you know, when we call, when we start talking about like the legality of things, like it, it can, we can point at other products in big CPG and say, well, what about this? Like, why? Granted, it's not CBD; it's hemp. But like, is it? cool to throw a marijuana leaf on a box that's meant for children on a children's cereal i don't necessarily think it is um but i think you're absolutely right and i think one other thing we need to talk about is like the legality right it's it's not technically legal does that change and shift to presidency being now a democrat in office granted he doesn't have majority in 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 congress per se but like you know they're an advocate for legalizing marijuana they're an advocate for for being more liberal so does that new leadership in washington help tip the trend of CBD to the point where it can finally reach the potential that it was? I think that's a big question mark because if it, if, if the Biden administration says or they decide and they push through a bill or pass, whatever needs to get passed, I don't know how that works, but they say, yep, go ahead, Pepsi, yep, go ahead, Coke, and now we see it, maybe CBD becomes a $40 billion industry like we think. It definitely does, and I think it's a, a bigger kind of conversation around cannabis over just sure. CBD. and. I think it's important. We've mentioned this before on some of like the illicit drug side of things is that especially marijuana, they as a whole, like the, the U.S. as a whole um, is flipped in terms of how they think about it. Over 50 percent, I think it was maybe in 2018, it finally flipped. Over 50 percent of Americans said that it should be legalized. And it's taken a while to get to that point. And I think in this last election a, a few weeks ago um, was – Every single state that had it on its ballot got approved, every single one of them. So I think it's at this point where, like, Americans are, are saying what they want. Like, just legalize it. It's fine. Just yeah. go with it. And I think because of Democrats being a lot more loose in terms of their thoughts on that, I think if it goes in that direction, it'll probably um, get up there where we can vote on it from an American side, and I think it might work out well. Now, with CBD, I think it's more a question around, like, the FDA regulations in terms of trying to just get that language in there. It's, it's really just, they, I think they want to get it done. I think it's a matter of fighting against pharmaceutical side of things and sure. trying to figure out who wins that, who could do what, um, you know, there's all those big billion dollar questions that they're trying to figure out. Um, everybody wants it to get done really quickly because they see the gold rush or the green rush in front of them. But I think it's, um, it, it's going to take a little bit of time, but to your point around just like the total addressable market and why that number gets so high, you know, 50 billion plus and, and all those things is that there's so many different categories of buyers that this could potentially appeal to. So pets, that is, if anybody looks at any of the trends over COVID, yeah. like pet ownership and people spending money on their pets is like crazy. I mean, you just see these numbers in any CPG brand that owns pet products, or if you even look at like Chewy or, you know, sometimes Amazon might make some commentary on categories like pet products are going crazy. And CBD obviously is included in that because you want to give your pet as, you know, whatever luxuries in life that they need. Um, and then going into just like the human consumption of it, it's not just the like stoner vibe that like people think it is, or just like young people. You said your grandma 
takes it. Um, there's so many different subcategories of buyers or subsets of, of consumers that enjoy it for different reasons, you know, because there's aspects of sleep relaxation, things with pain relief, things with, you know, a number of other things. So it appeals to different buyer sets and it's not seen as, you know, the same, I think, as, as, as cannabis, even though I think the broad consumer probably doesn't differentiate as much until they get into the, to the details. Um, but you made a point around like not believing in it. I think that where it maybe becomes more, I guess, useful is when you're thinking about it in more like the broad spectrum or like having the other constituents in there. I think those things, they're synergistic approaches to it. So it's not necessarily like, I don't like CBD as a, as a whole, just 100%. I think it needs those other things. Just like if you were to take leucine and pull everything else out, like is it better than just taking a protein shake with all the amino acids? Right. No, you want to take all the amino acids. I think that's better. So I think there's that play where like people are trying to strip out all of the other constituents because that could pull drug test uh, right. issues and things like that. But then that waters down or, or takes away some of the benefits of, of the product. So I think it's one of these things where – the, the trend as a whole is really at a stopping point only because there's this wall that can't be moved right now. You know what I mean? It's like, but I think it's going to be a matter of it's going to be everywhere. I think we talked about this before. It's kind of like it's caffeine. It's, it's a um, sensory ingredient and there hasn't been a sensory ingredient in so long that's been new in the market. So why wouldn't somebody try it? And if it meets their needs, they're going to probably buy it again and again. And maybe that's in lotions, maybe that's in beauty products, maybe that's in, you know, gummies, maybe that's food drinks, maybe that's, you know, dropping tinctures in your mouth. I don't, I don't know, but I think it's, um, it's one of those things where it's going to happen now. Is it going to have the staying powers? I guess more of the question. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned, like, again, we both mentioned lotions and beauty products, and that kind of, like, you know, goes into the other category that we talked about, too, is, is like, this whole Nutri-Cosmetic world that we're living, that we're moving into now. I think the biggest thing that we need to remember as a society when people maybe think on the surface, like, well, why would I want a product in which I drink uh, to to help me age better, look better? I mean, we're in an Instagram world, Josh. I mean, we take selfies for everything. Appearance is more important in 2020 than it's ever been in our entire life. Um, I mean, so much so if, if I take a picture, you know, not me personally, but people take pictures and they don't like some small little thing on their skin, they'll add a filter to it. They'll do whatever they can to make, they'll Photoshop it. So if I, if, if, if this product comes on the market and says, well, you're going to age better, it's going to reduce wrinkles, it's going to help with eye health, it's going to yada, yada, yada. They're playing on an appearance uh, on on this this whole notion of appearance, which is very very strong. That's why fat loss pills work as well as they do, because that you know they they don't work worth a shit. I'll tell you that for the most part. I mean, ever since Oxy Elite, they don't really work the way they're supposed to work, but people still buy them because it's this this fake promise or this false sense of security that if they take this, that's going to help them. And and anything we can do. I mean, look at. My God, look at like Crest White Strips and all these different expensive toothpaste. They're not any better than the fucking toothpaste that's $1.19, but they buy it because, you know, there's this cool marketing or this this, this fake promise, again, that your teeth are going to get 10 shades whiter in four days. And, I mean, it's just, again, that's why I think it has a ton of potential. And CBD also can be part of that with some of the lotions and, and serums and things. But, I mean, but then it begs the question, like, are people willing to – drink something when they're so used to either rubbing something on the skin, going to get Botox, which is extremely popular, 
by the way, I didn't realize how popular Botox was until I found out that one of the owners in my in my butter company gets Botox all the time. And it's like how exp- and I found out how expensive it is. It's really not that expensive. It's not that expensive, honestly. <laughs> so it's like, huh, okay. I mean, so I think it, it, at least that category, at least the traditional form I'm thinking of in terms of powders, it's also going to require not only education, it's going to also require a change in consumer behavior because I think we for so long we've been used to using like lotions or oil removers or makeup removers or whatever, you know, that you rub on the skin surface versus now you're drinking things. I, I think there's a flip in the consumer mind that you need to teach, and that's not as easy as one might think. Yeah, the, the trend, I, I think, really, if you boil it down to like the simplest terminology, you think about like for the longest time since a man and woman have been together, the thought of like the fountain of youth has always been there. You know, it's like people think about there's these secrets and those secrets change over time. But I think there's always that grasping of like, can I look younger? Can I look better? And to your point about social media, that has been an accelerant in all this because of people looking and constantly putting a camera in front of their face. But there's levels, I think, to where that goes is like, will you go the full level to like plastic surgery? Obviously plastic surgery has become less and less of this like scary thing. You're seeing more and more men and women getting whatever done. And it's not where you hear something and you're like, oh my God, now it's like, oh, I know a dozen people that have that or, you know, whatever. It's not that big of a deal, but a lot of people won't go to that level. That's kind of scary, you know, syringes and and anesthesia. And I don't want to go into all that stuff. And it's like, then you, you try to think like, what else do we have available? Maybe that is like the pharmaceutical side of things. Okay, well, maybe I don't feel comfortable even taking those types of things. And then you get into more like natural or, or some of those ingredients that could be considered more natural and, and nutraceutical type ingredients. And you go, all right, what's available to me that is different? I Maybe I've used all the different serums and creams and, and all that kind of stuff. But if I put all this kind of stuff, I put lipstick on a pig, am I actually helping myself? Like, is there something internally that I need to like fix? Um, is that diet? Is that new? obviously all the things we talk about, those things can help, but there's also certain ingredients that you don't get maybe in your diet or your nutrition that if it had in a, in a larger supply in your body could help re- maybe regulate some of your hormones or help certain um, you know, hair or skin look better or grow more or whatever that is. And, and I think that those things maybe were not talked about all that often and now are starting to become like a very like huge deal. And I think the first, and there's always been like the hair, skin and nails like um, products, like the pills that have always been in the vitamin section. But I think what kind of shifted a lot of this is when collagen kind of came on board and people started to not think of it as like a, I guess is like a waste product. Like, cause think about it when, when we started sports nutrition, like that was the, the junk. You don't, you don't want collagen protein. That was junk, but now it's been reused just like whey was like junk before when the cheese companies were doing things. So it was, it's interesting how you, we use these byproducts and now it's become its own market. And that's kind of drawn in all these other kind of ingredients and, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot, I think, is with like the influencers and one particular um, set of influencers we talk about a, a few times and we said like how powerful they are is like the Kardashian effect. Mm-hmm. And they are big proponents on these types of products, this beauty from within, you know, like taking these supplements and they're like the biggest, you know, megaphones out there for women if they're looking at this and going, wow, 
I need to take this because, you know, Kim says this or Chloe says this or whatever. And that's helping things move along a lot quicker because these large voices are saying these things. And then you're having like the retail side of things stock a ton more of these products and not necessarily you have to go to GNC. It's like, it's at Target, it's at Walmart, it's at, you know, it's at Sephora where you're shopping for your makeup or at Ulta Beauty. It's not in like the spots you would have to normally go to get these like nutritional supplements. These things are right there in the same area merchandised along with, you know, some of the serums or maybe some of the creams and things that you're already using for your beauty regimen. Yeah, it's you're right. Right, collagen is interesting. I think it's been an episode talking about collagen and how like it, it's collagen like CBD though too. There's still not a ton of research behind it that it's actually going to the to the joints and ligaments and doing what it's supposed to do. And there's type one, two, and three, and people don't fully understand what each one is and which supplements contain which types and do they contain. I mean, again, it's it's all confusing. But I think that's what makes each category, both CBD and this, you know, the the other side of the coin, intriguing because I think if they're ends up being researcher, ends up being more of an understanding that it does work, I think it could bloom a little bit more too. So, uh, I mean, if we were to sit here and, and you and I were betting men, we had a bet, you know, which one is is a bigger potential, which is what we're going to do here in a second, um, you know, that that would be, or, or it's a stock market, because I know Josh likes to dip in the stock market. He's a, he's a penny stock trader for sure. He's He's just like Dave Pointnoy from Barstool Sports. I mean, that's why he's rich. Um, but, I mean, that's where I think as an investor you have to think of all the different things. And I, I, I again, want to go back to just the, the power of appearance alone. I mean, I looked up while we were talking. I looked up some of the costs on Botox because, honestly, like I've heard it was inexpensive. And, and, and for, like, um, if you got, like, a double chin or whatever or you got stuff like that, it's, like, 200 bucks. I mean, now if you look at um, a product like Align New Balance, I think it's 40 how, how many tubs of that do you have to buy to equal a quick shot of Botox? I don't, I don't fucking know. I, I would imagine you're probably taking more of the powder than you would be to go get Botox. But again, it's less invasive. It tastes good. Um, so I think there's a lot there. But also, like, I've been in these beauty stores before, and I see what some of these creams retail for, and I'm like, holy shit. So for somebody to spend $40 on a powdered product, whether it be collagen, whether it be Ghost Glow or whatever, I mean, it's, it's not far-fetched. I mean, people will go to the deepest depths of the earth and spend as much money as they can if it gives them this little promise or guarantee that you're going to look better after using this product because who doesn't want to look better? I mean, Josh believes in it so much he slips it into his girlfriend's drink every single day because he wants her to look young and like she's 18. <laughs> I, I get it, Josh. I get it. I don't know if it's been working. Uh, I guess we could we could ask her, but, I mean, it really is. And I think anytime you can develop a product that, plays on that appearance set, I mean, you're, you're probably going to develop something that could potentially be successful if marketed correctly. But I also, to that point, you mentioned the Kardashians. They kind of come from that place. So, like, if Kim or Chloe or whatever the other girls' names are come out with a product, it's probably going to sell like gangbusters because they are the brand. And then you look at a, a brand, we'll, we'll say Ghost. Now, Ghost did it, I think, smartly because it said that this product was requested by their influence, by, like, their Ghost family, who is consisted of a lot of beautiful women. Right, so I think they spun it the right way, which is probably exactly why they made the product anyway. But if you just come out with a beauty product and you don't have a story, like if Redcon comes out with with uh, a, a beauty product, I, I don't know if it does well because there's not, I don't think there's like that backstory to it. But like you know, the Kardashians for sure that could do extremely well. So I think the right person with the right message uh, and the right product could do extremely well. So with that said, Josh. You're investing. You're investing the entire sheet of marijuana grass behind your head right now. Where is it going? 
I think I'm still going CBD. I think it's mostly because there's so many different opportunities for it. And though, if you look at the market just as today, people will say, well, the you know, there's high price points and all that, all that stuff gets washed away when the Cokes, the Pepsis, the Mondelises, those all start to create products. It starts to go into like little small dosages of this at, at the lowest levels. And I think that because you're gonna have the biggest players in the world working with these ingredients, they're gonna make it work one way or another and that market's gonna grow um, exponentially. But that's gonna be a very hard market for people to win at at the level of the highest point because you're gonna get the scraps. The scraps are gonna be great, but you're never gonna be the biggest, baddest dog in that race. Now on the flip side with like the Nutri Cosmetics side, you can argue that the Revlons and those types of companies eventually we'll start to get into or acquire some of those names and, and kind of move that in that direction. But you have a better chance of carving out, I think, strong companies, you know, 250, $500 million companies in that space, because you're not going to have to compete against these massive companies. And you're going to have a high price point to your point. Like if you could create premium level products that work really well in that category, you could do extremely well. And I don't think there's going to be people that ever beat you down because the beauty industry and the cosmetic industry does have an established core of products that are premium and are luxury. Mm -hmm. So you can position your products in there and nobody's going to say race to the bottom, race to the bottom, race to the bottom, because there's already brands that work really well within those spaces. You just have to present yourself and have that product that meets that and people keep coming back to it and maybe not even be all that great. Cause I mean, I think some of these like hundred dollar serums and things like they're not any better, like you said, than a two or $3 one or whatever, when you do these blind studies, but it's all marketing, it's all whatever. So, you know, I'm going CBD cause I think it's just a bigger opportunity, but there's the other side of it. I think if you want to play that game, I think there's probably a better chance that you're going to be a bigger, um, I guess a bigger fish in a bigger pond. Makes total sense to me, and I think the thing with CBD too. I guess you could argue it's also the bigger risk because we don't we don't yeah, really yeah. have the legality figured out yet. So for whatever reason, if that doesn't tip the trend to where it's supposed to go, now your investment might be shit. But I, to your point, I also think I still think CBD is probably the better bet, and and it's all for the reasons that you just explained too. Um, but there there's just more usages for it. You know, obviously, like we mentioned, pet food and pets and lotions, and I mean, when I was at General Mills. You know, we were looking at putting it into a protein bar. We were looking at cereal. Like, we were actively doing that two, three years ago. Um, you know, and there's formulas and there's things ready to go tomorrow in all these companies, including General Mills, once the legality thing figures itself out. Because once it does, and it will, I think it will, boom. And uh, get, But that, to your point then, now, unless you're, like, a predominant CBD supplier and you're supplying CBD to the General Mills, to the Pepsis of the world – I mean, it might be hard because everybody and their brothers can come out with a CBD oil, and how do you differentiate yourself from one on the street? Now you're just a multi-level multi -level marketing company, basically with a sticker on a bottle. It, but you know, to the flip side, again, Josh said everything I wanted to say. Like, you probably have better potential as a company to make more money in the neutral cosmetic space because you can kind of put your stake in the sand and, and be somebody, and not sort of just fall to the wayside or be in a category of, of just a ton of different wannabe players. So. Um, it's really, you know, it, it, as an investor, if I want to return my investment, I'm going to probably invest in CBD and say return as as a as an entire category. But if I want to start a business, I'm probably starting a business that's going to be in the 
in the nutrition cosmetic space because I feel like there's still not a lot, especially on the powder side of things. And, you know, there's, there, there's like vital proteins who've done very well in collagen. Um, but, you know, overall, I, collagen is still kind of misunderstood. Like Josh and I were talking about, if you can do a good job of telling that story in that space, I think you can be a lot more successful as a business than you would be on the CBD side of things. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's a good differentiation between like investment over like business opportunity um, because, you know, the business opportunity on the CBD side, maybe it's the old adage of like the gold rush, who won? Was it the people that bought the gold mines or was it the one selling the shovels and the picks and Mm -hmm. those types of things? Maybe it's on the more on the supply side than it is on the brand side because when it, when those do the biggest companies in the world get involved, you know, that's going to be a different ball game. And to your point, every single one of them are ready. It's just, they can't do it because of the risk that their whole other business, you know, from a federal level would have to absorb. And there's, it's not worth it right now. No, not right now. Um, you know, maybe post COVID, if that ever happened, there's not ever gonna be post COVID, but like once they figure this shit out and we are able to return to what we would believe is a new normal, um, you know, we'll see what happens. So it'll be interesting. I, I, I like this topic, and I, I think it's cool because I know I spend a lot of time on Nutri-Cosmetics talking about more along the lines of these new age products that are coming out, but but like collagen and stuff like that have been around for a while now, and it's there's a good market for it. And the, like the Vital Proteins, weren't they were they just acquired Vital Proteins, or was it? A, yeah, it was uh, Nestle uh, did, yes. And they, they paid a, a good dollar for it, correct? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it was totally out there, but I think, yeah. I mean, they paid a pretty hefty mark, multiple on that one. Yeah, so, I mean, for sure there's there's a market, and it's going to continue to be a market. And, um, you know, as long as we keep living in this Instagram world and this digital social media world, which I don't see us ever going away from it, it's going to always be a thing. So if you guys like what you heard in this podcast, hit that subscribe button and help us out by leaving us a review. Leave some comments below on what you think. What were, what would you do? I think that'd be interesting. You can follow this podcast on all the major social media platforms. We are on Instagram, two guys, one sh- one shaker cup. Josh Shaw is at Shaw Consulting at Fitness Informant. Josh, any parting words for? I mean, I know that you've been rubbing CBD on your face and drinking Ghost Glow daily. You know that's why you look as good as you do at the age of fifty-seven. So, anything you want to let the the people know? Yeah, I might have to put out one of those like ebooks on my beauty regimen. I think should. I'll price it at uh, I don't know, probably like. Fourteen ninety nine. Um, that's one thousand four hundred ninety nine, not fourteen ninety nine, because I'm not Correct. cheap like that. But a Black Friday sale, you can get it for for twenty cents. Because yeah, maybe yeah, that's, yeah. Ninety nine point nine percent off. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Shaw's got great hair for a reason. If you want to know his secrets, head to Amazon.com and buy it. podcast we're on itunes spotify podbean stitcher youtube google podcast and more follow us along on our social media channels we're on facebook two guys one cup instagram and twitter